Material Components Episode 12 Into the Woods Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gorgoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how's it going? Ooh, Hello. Good. Hey, hey. Hi. Uh, I am Olivia. I play Tirza Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. My name is Elliot and I play Cherish, the Tiefling Sorcerer. My name is Michael, and I am playing Sid, the Half-Elf Rogue. Hey, I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And so I will posit to you the question I ask every time, which is, do you all remember what happened last time? Yes. Yeah. Because some stuff went down. Stuff went down. Um... When I get to hell, my dad is going to ground me for, like, no reason. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like such an asshole. He's such um, a jerk. Just doesn't get me. Yeah. Um, so that pretty much sums up. What happened <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we can just jump into it. Uh, no, we. I don't even remember what happened in the first half of it, but like. Yeah, I we, don't either. It was just it. us going to Crescent's Edge. You had a very oh, nice that's... boat ride. We yeah, did right. nice water. Oh, I did. I did not have a nice oh, boat yeah. ride. Oh yeah. Oh well. You know. But we saw a fantasy dolphin. We saw a water elemental. Oh, yes. Um, but just fantasy as majestic. Um, and so we got to Crescent's Edge. We got a room, or uh, we all got our own rooms, uh, and then we summoned. Uh, with a blood ritual, um, <laughs> which I didn't quite fully understand how to do, but fortunately it worked. Um, we uh, summoned um, Omatep. Oh, oh, Omatep. Well, yeah. No, we summoned Alexander. I mean, technically we summoned the shop. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, you did indeed so, summon Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Yes. Um, God, it was the name of the store was escaping me and it was it was driving me crazy. Um yeah, so we got there. Uh and I went up was being attacked by uh three really nasty well, two really nasty dudes and a a thing? <laughs> a weird Drake thing. Demon uh, predator. Demon predator. Damn, Demon Predator. That's pretty good. Ugly thing. It's a good band name. Demon Predator. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Demon Predator. Um, took them out. Um, well, no... pretty handily. Well, well one of the except big, for where you almost died. Well, I mean, you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they were mostly just attacking you, so it yeah. kind of makes sense. Um, and... Also, to be fair, you took out one of them, and then the yeah. other two just noped out of there. Yeah, yeah, but we took out the big dude. So, like... Yes, indeed. You defeated good. a creature that was referred to as an Abishai. Abishai, right. that's right. I think I even wrote that down. Uh, 
We did not find out what the other two things were, though, right? No, they were strange, mottled green skin. They looked vaguely elvish, but their features were sort of pugnacious, though their long, tapering ears is what evoked the the elvish quality to them. All you really know about them is that they were wearing strange silver armor and wielding great swords, also made of the same silvery material embedded with ruby-like gemstones which flared to life when they attacked and dealt mm-hmm. psychic damage when they struck. That's right. Yes. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I need one. <laughs> the only other thing of note was that they appeared to be almost diametrically opposed in terms of color palette to the sword Grawl was wielding. Hmm. I do not remember that bit. Uh, I was like, did her screen uh, freeze or is she just holding that? No. (laughs) They were diametrically opposed foes. Foes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I know know where your brain went. uh, I'm sorry. At least Uh I wasn't the only one. No. (laughs) Okay, bros. But yes, you helped defeat the invaders of Duskwalker import and export, or at least drive most of them away and defeat one of them. Precisely what they were doing at the shop still remains a little unclear, though evidence seems to suggest that they were looking for someone. Mm-hmm. And based on a pretty good insight role, I I think I know who it is. I think, yeah. I think <gasps> it, what? It, at least a yeah. couple of you know who it is. Sure. I know who it is. Well, yeah. Grawl thinks it's him. <laughs> yeah. Grawl definitely thinks it's him. Of course they're looking for me. I'm the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the leader of the group. How could they not want me? I'm the right. brains of the operation. I'm the most wanted I, person I, here. I yeah. don't know I don't know why they said where is she to Oatep, but like it's an oversight. It's because cool. I wear the hood a lot. It's they yeah. don't they, they it's really hard don't to know. Tell. Yeah. I've, I've got a feminine up. figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get I that mean, a lot. For hobgoblins, who knows? Yeah. It's true. I, I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, we drove him off and then we went, you know, bought some stuff and then uh, went back to our rooms and, you know. Yeah, it's true. Called it a night. Because you had found yourselves in the city of Crescent's Edge after your very pleasant boat ride. And you had taken up rooms in the inn known as the Leering Horde. Right. That's right. After getting some supplies from both the, the marketplace of Crescent's Edge itself, as well as Duskwalker Import and Export, we find you all the next morning coming downstairs at whatever time you deem appropriate to start your day and perhaps set out for the Eastwood to the east. It's a good direction to go for that. I'd yeah. say so. Um, um, can I pull Cherish aside? Sure. So first thing in the morning, as soon as you're coming yeah. downstairs. I was, I was about to be like, no. <laughs> the new improv rules. No. Okay. No, but. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> um, um, yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. And I would no. Um, I would. So basically, I'm going to like before I'm going to knock on Cherish's door, basically. Hmm. Uh, and she opens it, uh, and like she's kind of like you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Good morning, um, Sid. Hey, um, good morning. Sorry. Um, can we talk for a bit? 
before we head out? Uh, sure. Great. Um, is, it, is it okay if I come in? Yeah, of course. All right, cool. Um, I closed the door. Is there, is there anything that you need to tell us as far as people hunting you down? Just, just, just to set the scene slightly here, as you've woken up this morning, the inn itself is fairly cozy and warm, and yeah. especially within the rooms, there seems to be some kind of device in this in that warms the whole building but you can't help but feel a slight chill from the window panes as you see there they are covered in frost wow uh. um sorry i just came out and said it look i don't care if someone is looking for you i just want to know if we're going to be attacked um yeah i i was actually going to bring this up uh, downstairs uh, with oh. everybody. Um, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, saying it twice is not like, I don't know, no one's going to take away my birthday. <laughs> um, shut up. I hate when it does this. <laughs> um, I have not said anything. It's a figure, it's a figure of speech, Mike. <laughs> um, uh, when I was 13 years old, um, Kalkin gave me a letter from my birth mother. Uh, just, and I, I've, I've, you know, had it on me just like for my whole life since I was 13. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of like pull it out and show it to Sid. Like, didn't give, and like, not a whole lot of information, mostly just telling me to be careful and, you know, not. Yes, Cherish remembers everything in the letter, but maybe <laughs> Elliot doesn't. Uh, just like the exact details. Um, and one of the things that that uh, guy said to me uh, was, uh, "Father has been looking for you." Um, so I think he might have been one of my siblings, but like it doesn't matter because he was horrible and he was trying to hurt me um, mm -hmm. and you guys. Um. But uh, I don't know how they knew to f go to Omatep. I'm I'm a little worried that it might have had something to do with the trials. Um, yeah, because we kind of became known figures. Yeah, and I'll I'll get into it more downstairs too. Okay. Um, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't know you were going to talk to the group. I just wanted to. No, that's totally fine. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. Just one narrator to... voice. Cherish is not okay. Cherish, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's just go downstairs then. Okay. So you proceed downstairs. I'm guessing Tirza, always being the first one up, is probably already downstairs. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say that she was downstairs if you hadn't already brought it up. <laughs> Grawl. Mm. When you wake up, you wake up in a room bereft, bereft of warmth. Something has gone wrong with whatever the warming system is that heats the rest of this in, as far as you can tell. 
the ice and frost that has covered the out, outer panes of the windows for everyone else has crept in and begun this strange hoarfrost on the wooden sill of your window. Are you saying now that Grawl has a cold, it has to sound like this? No, Yay. no, I'm just saying when you wake up, you can see your breath misting in the air above you. And you can see that the wood around the window into your room has blackened with frost. That's not good. Okay. Um, spooky. Uh, is there anything else I noticed besides how, like, disgustingly cold it is? Give me an investigation roll. Fantastic. I have so much in the investigation. All right, not bad. That's a 15. Moving over to the window, you sort of rub a hand, trying to scrub away some of the frost. And you can feel on the pane of glass that the frost is on the inside of the window as well as the outside. So you're actually scraping some ice off of this window. And as you do, okay. it sort of splinters in a pattern that is slightly reminiscent of a moth. Lovely. Terrific. Okay. That's usually a good sign for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more direct. Well, like, with the moth business and less of the ice business. Yeah, you're not sure what's going on. Okay. All right. Um, is all my stuff still here? Yeah. Besides, in the neighborhood. besides that oddity, everything is fine. Okay. I want to look at the window. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to open up the. Uh, I want to use Eldritch Sight and look around my room just in case. When you Eldritch Sight and open up your eyes and then open them again, as your pupils split and divide into that strange wide-eyed glance you get, staring at the window, you can see an ephemeral blue moth just. Rested on the sill, its wings just like slowly, gently, not flapping, but just like moving as though in a breeze. Its little antennas, as it like shakes them, kind of like bristle with ice. Can I touch it? You reach out to try to touch it? Yeah, I put that. I put like a hand out, like not touching it, but like for it to land on. Yeah, it doesn't do that. Okay, and then I grab it. You just grab it. And again, this is a moth that's maybe the size of, like, two of your fists put together. Yeah, I do the whole, like, cage, hand cage. Um, Yeah, that, like, gets around its body. I don't think I'm quite oh, telling you how big huge. this thing is. It it's is, like... It's literally the size of the window pane. Oh, okay. Maybe not grab it, then. Because I don't think I can. I mean, you could. It would just be like trying to grab yeah. a pigeon no. or something. No. <laughs> Do it. Nah, dog. Um, okay. Well, mine's supposed to be green. This doesn't bode well for Grawl. Grawl's going to go get breakfast. He's got to go. Okay. He's to not be in here anymore. As you leave and shut the door behind you, the small tinkling of ice, that sound sort of echoes in your ear as you leave your room. Okay. 
But you find the others downstairs. Tirza's already wide awake. The others are sort of gathering themselves, getting what breakfast they can. Uh, the fare here is pretty standard. It's nothing special, but you can get any kind of breakfast meats you wish. <sighs> Maybe some potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <sighs> yeah. I'll, ha I'll have two of everything, please. <laughs> okay. That'll cost you two gold. Fine. Done. All right. Two of everything. Grawl is such a baller. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Grawl lives like the, like, war chief he should be. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, two. you are all gathered downstairs in the common room of the Leering Horde. There are other people down here, sort of beginning the start of the day. Other travelers are packing up their goods and leaving. Some people are just rolling into town and checking in. People who are coming in are, like, kind of sh shivering and rubbing their arms and sort of, like, ooh, shaking off the cold. Apparently it is markedly colder outside. Hmm. Weird, that. Um, question, did we actually pick up a tent, or did we find that those were yes. difficult to trace? No, we, no, we picked them. I bought two okay. tents. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. Uh, I think... Yeah, everyone's downstairs. What I do you do? We should just get going. Uh, well, I mean, Church has definitely like said, like, "Hey, when Grawl gets down here, I, I have something to tell you guys." Okay, so what do you share with the group? Um, basically, like she she starts like saying out saying, like, "I'm sorry for last night. Um, I didn't think that." I wasn't really sure when this was going to happen, um, et cetera, et cetera. T like telling them about the letter and. Do you share the contents of the letter? I mean, it's if if I'm remembering it correctly, which I mean, like God, who knows at this point? I have it um, right in front of me, so I'll let you know. So it's it's nothing that most of them don't already know. I mean, there's your mom's name, there's a, like, passing references to interplanar nonsense that you're still sort of unraveling. Well, yeah, but, like, like, I've said as, I've said as much, like, yeah, I was a baby and I was born in hell and then Omatev took me out of hell, which probably which the old mage said herself in front of us was probably how like interdimensional nonsense that right uh, mostly i'm just curious if 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 you read the letter verbatim or not and like we definitely don't know about like which level you're from and also the dad stuff yeah oh that's because true he was because he was with me when we were yeah. in Acadia. good yeah. question Question. I'm just curious. Did Omatep try, Omatep try to sell you? Is that why he was? Was he down there looking for like wares and goods, or was he just like, like, oh, I wow, weird. There's a baby right here. Gotta <laughs> well, can't leave that uh, here. Well, uh, I mean, maybe we'll Cherish, find out. <laughs> Cherish doesn't know, but what I said to Mike, I don't even. I don't know. I don't know what I should say. Uh, again, 
Elliot, my question for you, the player, yes. is would you like me, the GM, to recite the letter? Um. For A, the assembled companions in the party, and B, our listeners. The, yeah, the listeners who are like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Um. Yes, I, I, I do think that, like, I'm like, you know, be careful with this because it's the only thing I have for my mother. But, like, you know, you guys are free to look this over if you'd like. Like, I'm just trying to be transparent and, like, everything's fine. Okay. So, the as it reads, the letter says... My daughter, if you are reading this, then that sweet fool Omatep and his monkey accomplished the impossible. You are safe somewhere on the prime material. I pray he found you a good home, though anywhere is better than here. You probably have so many questions about who I am and where you are from. In the little time I have to write this, I will tell you what I can. My name is Arate Valmarad, and I am your mother. Ours is a proud and noble line. We are protectors and guardians. Your ancestors defended the prime material and the myriad of worlds beyond from threats of terrible power and scale. This is but half of your legacy. Your father... I dare not write his name in this place. He is the lord of this realm and knows much of what passes within it. I know of but a few blind spots in this cold layer of the hills, but it is through one such crack in your father's defenses that I shall secret you away. I am bound by ancient oaths and a fiendish pact to stay in this place, but know that, in all likelihood, I yet live." Knowing that you may live a life free of all of which I speak is perhaps the greatest of my joys. My love for you is the thing I will most cherish, and it is a flame that no fiend-born glacier can quench. There is no doubt in my mind that your power will one day bloom to rival both I and your father. Because of this, you must work doubly hard to conceal your true strength. A time will come when you may confront all of this with confidence, but for now, trust only in the magic that surges within your blood. It will see you and those you love to safety. Treat not with the Nine Hells. Seek not the Blood War. Beware the children of Cania. And most of all, trust none that would call you sister. Know that you are loved, my daughter. Arate Valmarad. And I don't know how any of that information changes any of y'all's opinions of Cherish. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it explains a lot. Yeah, right? What What here is fiendish? <laughs> I mean, isn't that already kind of like, like the thing with tieflings anyways? No, tieflings no. do not 
only Valor and Cherish read Have, as yeah. evil to me, oh, or read as okay. fiendish to me. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because with most tieflings, the what made them tieflings is so far removed from where they are now. Whatever little spike in the bloodline turned them slightly fiendish is so far in the mists of the past that they read as mortal. Yeah. That okay. might not be the case with Cherish and Valor. It's probably nothing. I mean, with me, it's not nothing. But with Valor, it's probably nothing. <laughs> What a weird fluke. <laughs> so, yeah. Is there yeah. going to be more more of what we saw yesterday? I don't I honestly don't know. But <sighs> You know, we can yeah. we can do it. We did it last night, and you know we're kicking cultist butt all the time. So yeah, oh, we just got to keep fighting and leveling up. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> leveling whatever up. that means. I wonder if that'd be <laughs> hilarious if Grawl actually thought that he there were power levels to actual life. Huh? No, if Dragon Ball Z has taught me anything, it's that power levels are bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They become obsolete after the second season. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll let the listeners know when we get there. <laughs> well, the only thing that I can say from listening to that letter is that sounds like you have a pretty great mom. I actually have two really great moms. Yeah. And one really terrible dad, by the sound of it. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. High five? <laughs> no. no, yeah, it's not really a thing to high five over. Not really. Terrible dad respect knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think if there's a a long beat of more awkward silence, and then Cherish claps her hands together and is like, okay, we should probably head out. Yeah. Yes. Let's head out. Okay, so you gather your supplies and head out of the the leering horde, and whence do you go? Um, East, probably. Yeah, east. So you want to leave Crescent's Edge and just strike straight eastward into the the woodlands? Well, didn't we get it rations? Did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious if like you're you're leaving Crescent's Edge. Yes. Sorry. I yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that we need to do there unless anybody's curious about anything. Um well, we could ask around and see if anything suspicious has been happening in the woods to the east of here. Uh, I was going to say we should also check and see if, uh, like, are we traveling along, like, a road? Into the woods? No, or, like, there's no know. road. Are we just heading straight into the woods? Like, there's the edge of town, there's the trees, go. Well, there, is, there is a path that leads to the edge of the woods and then strikes southward along the 
the Eastwood's Edge. It'll eventually get you to Enclave. There is no road that leads directly into the Eastwood. I, yeah. I feel like we should ask around maybe before we head out. Just yeah. I, keep forgetting, I keep forgetting that's a river. Yes, there is um, a there's a, a there's a river that goes through the Eastwood that moves out of Lake Quelio and then drifts down through the woods and eventually reaches Srothheim. Yeah. It is called the Long Drift. Yeah. I just I need to color code this version of the map I have mm. in my in my notebook because I keep mixing up I keep forgetting what's a road and what's a river. Mm. Well, it doesn't seem that far. It looks like you could almost reach the thing from the, the edge of this house here on the map. So, <laughs> that far. You could probably see it from there. Yeah. Asterix villages not to scale. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> do you know uh, the map for I can see the realm scar from my house. <laughs> the big blue Topical. thing of death. <laughs> made from the forest, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Because I suppose here's the big problem you start running into once you leave the inn. You're just like, okay, let's go. Where are we going? Yeah, we yes. don't really like have a compass or we don't have a map. You don't have a map. You don't even have a precise location where the realm scar is located. You have a general idea. Yeah, we don't even know what it looks like, whatever The realm it scars is. are vaguely magic, though, yeah? Realm scars present the, and this is something Cherish would know based on your yeah. small adventure with Camion. Realm scars can present themselves in a thousand different ways. Yeah. Mostly, they just represent a crack in the world that leads somewhere else, and that can present itself as a deep well of darkness, as a fiery tear in the sky, as a rift in a tree somewhere full of green light. It can be a ton of different things. What about I... something cold? Perhaps. So okay. Somebody... Okay. Oh, oh, God. Huh. The player Reed has thoughts. Let's go on this adventure, guys. I, I am just now suddenly realizing, like, yeah, we probably should have gotten more, like, <laughs> like a map from the Great Mage. Why didn't she give us a map? Gosh, I hate her She's sometimes. Smart. I can probably buy one here. <laughs> this is a pretty, like, bustling town. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, to, yeah. Let's let's try trading. to find a map. And the, compass, pro maybe. the problem is, is that the maps don't have me. realm scars <laughs> well, I mean, on them. <laughs> we can draw Duh, them on. Exactly. What do you want but, them to look like? Yeah, we were shown we the general area of where they were, right? But we'll have to roll to see if we remember where they are. Hey, well, no metagaming. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's do it. This one can be like well, the cute oh, wait, like pig realm scar, and this one can be the, the flower realm scar. Mm -hmm. What? This is the fluffy I'm bunny. I'm going to mark him on the map. Yeah. No. no With okay. children's stickers? Yes. This one's a rainbow. Mm -hmm. Um. No, uh, but so, like, if somebody, not naming names, were to use one of their free uh, detect magic uh, things, like, would that spark? Unfortunately, the range of detect magic is only 30 feet. We'll just we'll just get him in the woods and turn it on, and you know we'll just walk. You want me to? <laughs> we'll play... You're just gonna waddle me towards the woods and say, "Look that direction." Yeah, Anything? pretty much. We'll play like what do you hot, see, boy? like hot. Are we hot? Are we cold? It's all cold. It's all cold here. <laughs> you, were you not listening to Mike? 
<laughs> that is something you notice as you exit out onto the frosty streets is it is perceptibly colder than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you okay. entered Crescent's Edge closer to evening, and it was definitely cold last night, but come the morning, it has gotten a lot chillier. And you can see frost on windows, you can see uh, little patches of ice where puddles have frozen over. Is this unseasonably cold? I mean, I'm from this kind of general area. No, not necessarily. Could just, could just be an early frost. Yeah. I mean, you're you're getting later in the month, so mm-hmm. it's not really until next month when the snows should be starting. But, you know, like, climate change, am I right? Um, <laughs> is this uh, something that's going to affect us? Like, uh, would we need... Is it cold enough to the point where, like, oh, uh, I'm going to need warmer clothes? I mean, I was just about to recommend we go buy... You're all equipped with like, warm wet with uh, cold weather gear already. You made that yeah. acquisition before you left Stormhaven. That's true. Okay. Uh, what would I have to roll to see if this? Uh, it seems to be reminiscent to me of the same realm scar that Camion and I, like the same effects of that realm scar that Camion and I closed. That was a similar like horrible winter weather thing. Um, the one that you and Camion closed was more of like a, a dread cold. It's that oh. was definitely more like Russian tundra, kind of just like gray, horrible absence of warmth. And I'm not getting that. I mean, right now it just feels like well, now it's an uns- like slightly unseasonably cold for this time mm-hmm. of the winter which you are in. Okay, so I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be like, hey, this is the realm scar. Yeah. Okay. There's Fair definitely enough. people muttering on the streets of just like, ooh, it's a cold one, but no one's making any big fuss about it. Yeah. Because they're just like, yep, early frost. We walk into that... a shop and the old, little old lady behind the counter is like, it's cold out there. That's what the receptionist at work says every day. It's very cute. Even during the summer? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, Uh-oh. no, she'll say, it's a hot one today. I love wind so much. She's the only reason I still work at this fucking place. So, what are you doing? Are you leaving Crescent's Edge? Are you going to be carousing about town for a little bit? Map. Map. And a compass. Map, compass, asking people if they've noticed anything strange in the woods. Because it's supposed to be right by here. Theoretically. Relatively speaking. Relatively speaking. Are there, like... Can, are there's like are there, is there like a lumber mill or like people who live closer to the edge of the forest or people who go into the forest? Yeah, like a, like basis? like 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 uh, woodcutters or something that I could find and talk to. Okay, Shall we? give me. Let's see. Uh, the map is pretty easy to come by, um, though. Unfortunately, most of the maps you find, at least available to the public are of the lake shore itself, not necessarily into the woods. To find a woodland map, you would have to locate the local garrison of the Bark Watch, one of the okay. Guardian Guilds. Oh, it would be good to talk to them, too, just generally. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Is there a secret Bark Watch handshake that we're going to have to learn? You don't know. Okay. 
Clark watch. Mm. <laughs> the that, um, is, that is a puppy kids kids themed uh, fire dog show, guaranteed coming to Disney Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep, Disney Kids is what it's called. How <laughs> sure? I don't know. Uh, how easy is it to find the Bark Watch? Like very easy. With- I mean, you can ask anyone on the street, and they'll point you towards the garrison. Okay, I say we go there first. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I will just uh, put out here too that Tirza, if we're if we're gonna hang out in Crescent's Edge for a while, Tirza is going to um, not wear the cloak. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Not like you here. But you still have your shield strapped to your back. Oh, I forgot about that. Um. That's so distinctive. Yeah. It's kind of got a bunch of snakes on it. Wear the cloak Uh, with the shield on And it's definitely caught you a few glances as you walked through town yesterday, though no one's remarked upon it. I mean, you can, like, buy... Even your pretty distinctive. You can buy, like, a poncho or something and just, just... Yeah, can I just buy a regular cloak? Uh, you did say we had had winter gear, right? Yeah. I'm assuming that includes a heavy sort of cloak or Yeah, some kind of heavy cloak or jacket. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wear that over my shields. Okay, so you look a little bit... Makes me look... Yeah, it makes me look like a big furry turtle. (laughs) (laughs) But you you are not unusual in that regard. There are plenty of people around town who have their cloaks thrown over their packs or some kind of gear on their back. So you don't look particularly unusual. Great. Cool. Like me. <laughs> yeah, unlike Grawl, who I believe refused to have any winter weather gear and is still just wearing their, like, tattered cloak with a huge greatsword on their back. It's okay. It's fine. I look, I look, I look good. Right. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, you look distinct. I'll say that much. Sure. Yeah. One of a kind. <laughs> So, you head over to the the Barkwatch Enclave here. Yes. As you've come to expect, the garrison of one of the Guardian Guilds stands out. Whereas before in Wickmore's Landing, you found the, uh, the Lock Warden garrison made of busted up ships that had been tied together in some fashion. When you eventually find the Bark Watch Garrison. It's near the eastern edge of town, and what makes it distinct, and what you notice before you even approach the actual building itself, is that it is a huge tree that you can see from about a block away. It's just a fucking tree, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. From like a block away, we're just like, that's probably three, it, right? Three gold, that's it. <laughs> no, I mean, w- when you ask for directions, somebody just pointed you east and said, look for the big tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what you actually discover is that it is not the tree itself. It is actually a kind of X-shaped longhouse that is built around the tree. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though the tree itself is the center of this building, and the walls around it are supported by the tree, but there is a building built out from the trunk. Nice. Cool. No one took my bet, so I guess I'm keeping my three gold. Just in case. <laughs> nope. You see that there are a couple of guards, as you come to expect, standing outside the Bark Watch HQ. 
They are dressed in fine green mesh and brown, like, leathers. They are definitely dressed for kind of ranging gear. A lot of them have fur-lined cloaks on to guard themselves against the cold, and you can see that they are wielding distinctive, what look like hatchets on their belts, as well as short bows. Okay. And the main entrance to the longhouse is very obvious. And this building seems to rest at the edge of town. You can see that there is a rough path leading away towards the woods. Nice. All right. Well, let's see what we can find out. Uh, should we try to find the guru equivalent? Like the sure. captain? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there guards out front? Yes. Uh, I go up to one of them and I ask, uh, who's in charge? And one of the guards, who is a an hickory-skinned, what looks like a wood elf, will kind of give you a once-over, and not necessarily in any kind of rough fashion, but they'll say, uh, why would you, what's your business here? Why would you like to know? We're on a a quest from the old mage, um, and we would like to ask some questions of your uh, superior officer. And the wood elf will sort of smirk at you and say, <laughs> yeah, okay, from the old mage. You got a documented seal proving that or anything? I would, yeah, that's another thing we should have got from her. If you knew anything about the old mage, you would know that she doesn't do that. <laughs> Look... If you all want to come inside and check the jobs board, you're welcome to do that. And if you want to schedule an appointment to talk to the captain, you're welcome to do that too. But just don't go pulling up lies about working for the old mage or something. That's not a quick way to make friends. I'm sorry. Did you roll an insight check to see if I was lying or not? <laughs> they just straight up don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Also, we're not here to be your friend. We're here to talk to your boss. So I'll just make that clear. We're above um, your pay grade. Okay, we're getting a little aggro here. Um, <laughs> they don't have to believe us. It's fine. No, it's no, fine. They need to believe us. No, on, I literally like, don't care. Important mission. Just to the well, right of the wood elf, there's a human, and she'll say, Ugh, adventurers. I mean, they got our title right. Oh, that's good, at least. Yeah. May maybe go inside, at least. Yeah. And the wood elf will just like, it's not locked. Thank you. Wow. I like and the then... lock wardens a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into the main longhouse, you discover a central room built around the trunk of this tree. And you can see that this whole place is lit by luminescent blooms of fungus, essentially. They're glowing mushrooms that grow from the trunk of the tree out along the ceiling and sprout in these glowing green little profusions of moss and fungus. There's no fires in here, but it is, like, kind of warm. It's kind of a damp warmness to it inside here. Yeah. It's Florida. The, it's more like the, the heat of bodies inside of an igloo. And as you come in, you can see that there are members of the Bark Watch sitting at long tables, sort of reviewing their orders or getting some breakfast in them. This is also serves as their main mess hall. 
There is a jobs board just to your left as you enter the door, and you see that there are a few other adventurous-looking types picking over the jobs there, maybe chatting with the other Bark Watch. Okay. Can I go up to the jobs board? Sure. Uh, what am I seeing on there? What kind of stuff are they posting? Give me an investigation roll, because you, you're just giving this a quick like once-over. You're not standing there reading it for a ton of time. Yeah, no. Because like, I could give you every job that's on there if you wanted. True. Um, I'm mostly looking for something that sounds interesting. Okay. Uh, with some expert scanning. You said investigation? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen. Okay. You can see that there is an envoy from a bearfolk tribe looking to come down to Crescent's Edge, and they're looking for some kind of bodyguards. So your the job would essentially be head up to this tribal village on the northern, like near the river of the Eastwood, of bearfolk, meet with this envoy, and then escort them back to Crescent's Edge north of here um interesting uh i i is there like i can take a flyer i mean you could just or, pull the job down off the board um yeah i'll pull it down just take a look at it um i i kind of also like as i'm reading it i kind of like listen to like what people are saying around me because you said there's other adventurers as well there's a couple of them and there's at least two over by the jobs board as well sort of looking over them as well uh one of them is this dwarf with a huge crossbow strapped to his back just like covered in animal pelts wearing a necklace of some teeth and he'll look over at you and give you sort of a head bob as you pull down that job and it's just like yeah clearly that wasn't one that he was looking at yeah um the other adventurer there is a uh, what looks like a one of those blue-skinned sea elves that you've seen before and this one's wearing like tight scale mail about them and they're sort of absently looking at the jobs they're not necessarily looking as though they're considering anything they seem to just kind of be like going through the motions okay uh but like there's not like a group there like talking amongst themselves being like Oh, well, this one sounds good, or no, it can't go that way. There's... No. It seems like yeah. these two are just here, because you're, like, really early in the morning. That's true. So these two are just getting a, a good start to the day. The only people who are here talking are members of the Bark Watch who are talking amongst themselves. Um, What are they What are they talking about? I'm kind of just eavesdropping. <laughs> I mean, you'd them. have to go up and eavesdrop on them. Yeah, can I do that? Uh, what are the rest of you doing while Sid is going to do something very rude? I'm going to go talk to one of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to see like about like, who would I go up to in terms of making an appointment? I mean, Cherish is already like, I doesn't want to pursue this, but at least wants to follow through. Okay. You can see that there's some kind of desk sergeant off to the right side of the hall. They seem to be taking in reports from members of the bark watch who are coming in off of their nightly patrols and mm -hmm. filing them somehow. Uh, hello. And this uh, person will look up. They are a... They look human at first, but they have weird cracks in their skin that are kind of upsetting to look at, honestly. It looks as though they're a clay statue that's 
cracked because of the facial movements that it's making. Hmm. And they've got these bright green, almost glowing eyes. And they'll look at you. You can't tell if they even have a gender. But they'll look at you and say, Ah, yes, hello. Um, hi. Uh, I just wanted to see about uh, making uh, an appointment to see the... Uh... God, I, I would know, like, what the title is. I just, I just, as me, I can't remember. Um, the guard at the door referred to them as a captain. A captain, yeah. Captain seems to be the, the garrison commander title. Okay. And they'll sort of look at you and say, uh, and what business do you have? Um... Uh, the group I'm traveling with, we heard some rumors about some weird stuff going down in the Eastwood, uh, and we wanted to check it out, but we wanted to get more information before, uh, setting out. And their face will sort of crack and splinter as they have this big wide grin, and when they smile, it hurts a little bit because you can see all the teeth in their mouth are these, like, bright shining quartz. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. And they'll say, weird things in the Eastwood. You're going to have to be a little bit more specific. Um, well, right. We all know about the dire plague at this point. <laughs> um, uh, unrelated. Something something more esoterically magical. Not necessarily, like, physical. And they'll put up their hands and say, look, that's way above my pay grade. All these ten gold words you're using. Um, if you want an audience with the captain, I can set it up. Uh, thank you. Um, when's the earliest time they would have available? Look over at this bloom of fungus over on the side of the tree. And as you watch, you can see that like a polyp of fungus is slowly receding into the tree. And this person will say, uh... Captain should be in probably another, within the hour at least. So if you want to wait around, I can squeeze you in right at the beginning. That would be lovely. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, could I get a name? Cherish. Cherish. Very well. Uh, mess halls open for your use. It's nothing fancy, but if you need sustenance, it's there for you. Thank you very much. Of course. I didn't get your name. Uh, name is Oren. Thank you, Oren. 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 There you go. Thank you. <laughs> it's the Sorry. owl that most people... Yeah, no, every, everyone does it. It's fine. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I like him. Them. Them, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just... I head back to... I don't, yeah, I guess I don't know what Tirza and Grawl are doing. So. What are Tirza and Grawl doing? Yeah, I am going to... Uh, I am going to find mm, maybe a Bark Watch member who's not in the middle of a conversation. Okay. Uh, and then just go up and sit down next to them. Kind of a mirror of what Sid did uh, in the Lock Warden garrison. Okay. You see that there is a Bark Watch member sort of sitting by themselves they're cross-legged over by the tree they've got a hand up against the bark and they seem to just be staring into the middle distance um <clears throat> hello 
Uh, could I ask you a, a couple questions? And there's no response. Um, can I just like put not a tap or anything, but can I just like put my hand on their shoulder? And they will go. <laughs> um, and oh. turn around, and you'll see that it is a uh, what at first you took to be human. You now see as a half elf. They have like the slightly canted ears that are revealed only when they like flinch and turn around, and their hair is sort of thrown askew. And was, you you can see that their eyes are just losing this green glow. I was gonna say, were they doing the elf equivalent of sleeping? <laughs> no, um, but this because uh, half elves can't do that. But oh right, uh, this person will look you up and down and say, um, uh. Hi, sorry. Um, I was kind of in the zone, you know, uh, ranger stuff. Sorry. What's oh, up? Oh, I I apologize. Uh, I had a few a few questions. Um, what was it that you were doing? I'm sorry. I'm fascinated now. <laughs> oh, um, it's a it's a thing that uh y you can learn to do if you get your mind right. I don't know how to describe it really it's a it's a bark watch thing um you can kind of uh, if, if, i'm not really supposed to i'm sorry who are oh, you yes of course uh i'm i'm an adventurer um my party and i are just traveling to the eastwood and uh, mm. i'm from here but i haven't been back in a while um mm. I, I just have a couple questions about what we might be up against? I mean, where in the Eastwood are you going? That's a <laughs> you're not not exactly a small place. We're we're not going far. Um, is the realm scar the realm scar is to the south of Utbari, correct? Yes. Okay. By about like um, two and a half days, it looked like. Okay. Um, we we shouldn't be going far. We're going to be um south of Utbari. Hmm. Yeah. I I um <laughs> I almost said I was doing work study. That's not what it's called. <laughs> um I was further east a few years back and dealing with with the dire plague and I was just wondering how prevalent it was here. And this half out let out a sigh and he'll just kind of clench his jaw a little bit and say, well, it hasn't gotten better, I'll say that much. Mm. Alright, so we're... It definitely we'll fills our days and nights. Are there, um... Are there Barkwatch members who uh, travel with adventuring parties? I mean, it depends. As guides, or... You'd have to talk to the captain about that. There's certainly precedence for guiding people through the Eastwood. That's sort of what we do. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, well, thank you. That's very helpful. Uh, have you... I don't know. Have you encountered anything strange in your more recent travels? Give me an insight check. Mm, that wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Fifteen? Oh, wait, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 18. 
This half elf will sort of look you up and down and um say, uh, strange? No. No, nothing nothing too strange. And he's clearly lying. Uh, please, it's it's really important. Um we're Well, I know this sounds a little hard to believe, but we're sort of doing a, a job for the old mage, and it would be really, really helpful if we had any information. Give me a persuasion roll. Yeah, it's okay. I'm good at that. <laughs> oh, but not when I roll bad. <laughs> How about a ten? <laughs> So this Bark Watchman will finally stand up from where they've been sitting, and it, oh, no. it, they are a uh, at least to tears a towering six foot nothing, uh. <laughs> staring down at this child essentially, mm. looking you over and saying, "Look, um, m- Miss, I I don't mean to offend you, but uh." You might be better off if you just don't go out into the Eastwood unless you're traveling with a big convoy or something. It's just, it, these are dangerous times, especially moving into the winter. There's all sorts of nasty stuff out there. You might be a lot better off just, you know, finding some big caravan to move with out from Enclave or something. And that's when Grawl walks up right behind Tirza. <laughs> I am the convoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, mm. did someone say Grawl? <laughs> I heard my theme song playing from, from across the room. What's going on? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Grawl walks up behind Tirza and asks, what, what, what did you find out? The Wood Elf will definitely take a step back as this deathly pale hobgoblin <laughs> moves up. Uh, and Tirza will just turn and look up at Grawl and say, well... Clearly there's something strange and extra dangerous going on in the woods, but he won't tell me. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. It's the slow, like, <laughs> from boot to, like, tip of his nose, just, like, just slowly up and down this person taking them in. Like, <laughs> and you see that this is a pretty rail-thin half-elf. He's got sandy brown-blonde hair. He's got, like, a, a wisp of facial hair on him, like, sort of patchy. This guy looks pretty young. There might be a reason he was on tree duty. Not much meat on you. And you'll see his Adam's apple bob when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Sir, like I said, it's it's really important for us to know what we'll be up against. Yeah. Who knows what's out there? <laughs> he will sort of give Grawl a wide-eyed look and say, "Look, um, I, I ran into something a-, a-, a week or two back, but the the captain just wrote it off as, look, I'm on tree duty because there's stuff out in the Eastwood that can mess with your mind, man. Like there's." Fae and all sorts of old powers out there that, if you're not careful, can really mess with your head. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me. It's nothing. 
just gonna say it seems counterproductive for him to tell us that like there's a bunch of stuff that can mess with you i'm not gonna tell you what it is though Go, yeah. but protect yourself from those things no uh, i mean he will say just like he's he gave you a bit of a list of like things that can mess with your head out in the eastwood uh, he can't list them all because he's kind of a a rookie quite honestly um and as for what he saw, he's slowly trying to convince himself that it was a hallucination of some kind. Mm. <sighs> so, Grawl, unless you would like to roll some kind of persuasion, I would like, or I would like to um, intimidation. Yeah, I'm gonna try intimidation because yeah, of I'm course you are. Loving, good, loving that. Good flavor. cop, bad cop, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> good cop, hungry cop. <laughs> okay, here we go. Key up. Uh, how about a 19? He'll sort of look you up and down again, and for almost his own state of mind, will place a hand on the tree and just say, Look, I was out there a week and a half ago, and about a day and a half from here, there, this is, I, I found this ravine, okay? But it looked like it should two months from now covered in snow and ice. And there were these wolves there, man. And I, <laughs> there's no way they could have actually talked to me, but they were talking stuff like that does not happen. So clearly there was some kind of fay, or I slipped into some kind of weird patch of, hallucinogenic spores or something. There's all sorts of stuff out in the Eastwood that can mess with your mind. That sounds terrible. I'm sorry you went through that, but thank you for warning us. And where exactly was this? Just a day and a half from here. Straight east. You said the ravine? It was a big cleft in the forest. It's like a clearing, but just a rocky cave it looks like a, a cave underneath the woods collapsed at some point i don't know I, i've been there a thousand times but i'm not not going back out there anytime soon so we need a map you have a map did we get a map i mean you you said you got one so i said yeah oh okay yeah. Um, you don't have a map of like the woods you have a map of like the shoreline if you want a map of the woods, you have to talk to somebody here, probably. I mean, all we really need is to go east, so. Uh, I think I still want to buy... Well, I'm not here, so I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I pat him on the head and say thank you. And he's like, wobbly knees. You're welcome. I'm assuming Grawl walks away at that point. <laughs> no, he's still staring him down. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, then in, in that case, Tirza is gonna, like, just grab the sleeve of Grawl's shirt and, like, pull, but not move him at all, and just be like, okay, uh, well, thank you, have, have a great day, uh, I'm really sorry that that happened to you, you've been very helpful, come on, Grawl. Yes, very helpful. Uh, <laughs> um, did I hear any of that? Or am I too far away from that? You saw that conversation happening, but you were trying to listen in on a conversation between some Barkwatch members. Yeah. So give me a perception check. 
27. Okay. Now give me a stealth check. Oh, yeah. Let's see. 25. Okay. Nice. So good. Well, so so two things I'm actually good at. So, so slippery. What are, what are your pluses for those? I'm just curious. Stealth plus 10. Uh, Jeez. Plus 8. You're a expertise, monster. Expertise is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I got four of those, My... too, so... My rogue has plus 14 to those. <laughs> yeah. So, as you just, like, casually move over and you throw up a, a shoe onto a bench and pretend to be tying the laces of your boots. <laughs> yeah. So good. You overhear these three Barkwatch members uh, talking amongst themselves. And mostly they're talking about how the dire plague seems to be getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. One of them starts talking about how uh, they're pretty sure it's starting to, like, really change how the creatures think. Because usually the Dire Plague makes creatures feral and it's like super rabies. Right. But, you know, causes them to grow huge and jut bone spurs out of their flesh. Mm. General grossness. But one of these Barkwatch members, it's a... uh, Kind of older, grizzled-looking human female. She's got scars all along her cheek. Uh, It looks as though one of her ears has been totally torn off. Some of her hair is sort of matted, where scars can't quite, like, grow through with the hair. And she's talking about, No, there was a dire mountain lion I took down last month, and I swear to you, it was hunting me, but not, like, hunting, hunting me. It was messing with me. It was making me go down ways thinking it was gone that way. It laid a false trail. Mountain lions don't do that. That's interesting. And I swear to God, when I took that thing down, it shouted no. Yeah. And the other two Barkwatch members will just be like, ah, that's crazy. And she'll just, like, stare off into the middle distance and shake her head and pound whatever it is she's drinking at, like, nine in the morning. <laughs> morning drinking. Sign of a, hel- a healthy healthy life. But she'll pull out, like, this huge tooth and slam it on the table and say, doesn't matter if it talks or not, though. Goes down with an arrow in its head either way. That's good to know. Um, yeah. Okay. And the conversation's done at that point? For the most part, they're still swapping stories and like yeah. talking about monsters that they've killed out in the woods, but for the most part, it devolves to just like, oh, mountain lions, that's nothing. I fought a dire boar once. Ah, oh, that's nothing. I fought a dire bear once. Shooting right. the general shit. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um... Then I kind of want to look around for somewhere I can buy a, a map of the woods. Okay, you'd probably have to talk to the desk sergeant about buying a uh, Barkwatch official map, essentially. Uh, sure. Sounds good. So is that, branding. Uh, is that the same person? Uh, the, o- desk Orin? sergeant Oren. Oren. Uh, hey, excuse me. 
Do you mm. have any official Barkwood maps for sale? I don't know about Barkwood, but I've got Bark Watch maps, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> well, I'll have to settle for that then. Mm. And yeah, you could buy a map of the surrounding woods out to a distance of 15 miles, and it will cost you 10 gold. Yeah, sounds good. And honestly, like Barkwatch, it sounds like you guys just stare at trees. I You gotta think about something a little bit better. And Sergeant Oren will look past you towards the half-elf who is literally now just back to staring at a tree. <laughs> and then look back to you and say, the name is more apt than you realize. I'm so sorry. Where did you say I could buy, uh, buy maps? And they will produce one. Right here. Apparently they just have them ready. Great. Now that's customer service. Alright, yeah, I'd like to buy one, please. Yep. Okay. So. After a little while, you've done your carousing, you've listened in on conversations, and... It's around that time that the doors will open up. A stiff wind will cut through the long house that the rest of the Bark Watch is sort of making their way in. And all the Bark Watch members will stand up suddenly to attention, looking towards the door. And you see a lithe, black-furred tabaxi walk in through the door. Her tail twitching slightly against the cold. Her bright, gleaming yellow eyes will flash across the room, and then she'll wave a hand so that all of the other Barkwatch members will go back to at ease. And she'll stalk forward with a calm confidence. She has two of those kind of telltale hatchets at her waist and a longbow at her back. And she'll move over to the desk sergeant, and they'll begin having a conversation. And the... Sergeant will raise a rocky hand and point towards wherever the four of you have settled down, and then the captain's golden eyes will flash over to you, and she'll stalk over and say, My name is Captain Lucia of the Barkwatch, and I'm told you wanted to speak with me. Uh, and I think it yes. is there that we will take our break, and when we return... You will have a conversation with Captain Lucia. Greetings, my friends. Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a magic ring I have for sale. Now, there are a great many magical rings out in the world. There are rings of fire blasting, rings of invisibility. There are rings that you can use to dominate your enemies and see your power grow across the land as a new dark power in the east grows. There's also this one, which is a ring of evasion. It lets you dodge stuff. It's pretty cool. This ring has three charges, and when you get hit with something that makes you dodge with some kind of, I don't know, dexterous saving throw, if you fail to dodge, you can spend a charge out of this ring, and then you just succeed. Just like that. It's so simple. I mean, you don't like getting blasted with fireballs. Nobody does. Why not wear this ring of evasion? 
Right now, you can buy this ring from me, Omatep Duskwalker, for the low, low price of 10,578 gold. Come on, you know you don't want to get blasted. Nobody likes getting blasted. Oh, Alright, well, let's get you back to the action then. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they were doing their best to find out what they could about the goings-on in the Eastwood before heading out into that very same woodlands. It had brought them to the garrison of the Barkwatch, one of the Guardian Guilds, the protectors of the valley. And there they questioned, slash overheard, a few things about strange goings-on in the Eastwood. So, you know, that's good. But they had also set up a meeting, a meeting with Captain Lucia, who they have now discovered is a black-furred tabaxi with bright golden eyes. And she sits before you now... At the ta the long table, the rest of the Bark Watch has given you a bit of space, because it seems as though the captain doesn't have her own office or anything. She does her work among her employees. So, nice. mm. under the glowing luminescence of the fungus that light this place, she looks at you all with keen cat eyes and says, Well... Um, hello. Uh, uh <laughs> no, uh, this is me fumbling for words, not cherish. Um, uh, we sort of, uh, our group sort of, um, split up when we got here. We haven't really had a chance to reconvene. Um, but I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about if there's been any reports of something of strange goings on in the Eastwood that's not that's maybe not the dire plague well I will answer whatever questions you might have though I'm not precisely sure what you're looking for um unfortunately neither are we um actually <laughs> I know that the audio listeners of podcast can't see that I raised my hand. I forgot we're not video recording this. Captain um, Lucia will look at you and say, you don't have to raise your hand, child. Cherish oh. sort of pinches the bridge of her nose, like, in spite of, like, against her better judgment. Didn't Doesn't want to embarrass Tirza, but that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I embarrassed you in front of your girlfriend. Shut up, she's with my girlfriend! <laughs> um, Tirza, like, puts her hand down really quick and, and says, um, well, we may have heard, um, that there have been reports of talking animals and, uh, a ravine somewhere. We talked to uh, this gentleman over here, and I point to the elf. And her eyes will sort of cast to the side a little bit. Her head will barely, barely move as her eyes just glance to the side, and her face will split into a wide grin. I'm going to get him demoted. <laughs> and she'll say, oh, yes? 
Um, well, we'd like to go there, I think. It does sound promising. And what stories has young Diggory been filling your heads with? Um, just seeing things in the Eastwood. I... Even if it is Faye or, um, you know, something unreal or something supernatural, uh, we're very capable. We, we could definitely help out. Oh, I have no doubts about that. I'm simply trying to ascertain precisely what you want from me. Uh... You've heard rumors of strange goings-on in the Eastwood. This is nothing new, I suppose. But did you need my help with something? I'm I'm a little... A guide, maybe? Um, hmm. I want to take him with us. <laughs> you wish to take Diggory with you? No. Well, no, we don't he... want him. You want to take maybe somebody a little bit more capable? Well, he knows where it is. Although, I, based sure. on the conversation, he probably doesn't want to go back. It sounded very, very traumatizing. Yes, he returned from the woods not a week and a half ago, spouting off nonsense about early winters and talking wolves. Do you happen to know which ravine he, he was mentioning? Is that a common locale? Yes, that is a bit of a landmark out in the Eastwood, east of here anyway. So somebody somebody else might be able to guide us there besides him. If you're looking for a guide to lead you out to the Granite Scar, that is easily to come by. Granite Scar. That's right. a very cool name. Hmm. I... <laughs> I'm not the one who made it up. <laughs> no, I like that. I'm sorry, what did you say? She just says, like, I didn't come up with the name. I mean, we we are trying to get our hands on a map, unless we already have. I Again, I'm not got really it. sure. Maybe someone can just take us to the edge of the Eastwood and show us where it is on the map. And I kind of like try to be like, oh, guys, like And she'll hold out a We really a shouldn't be paw taking anyone else with us. And hold it out to you, Sid, and say, may I see your map for a moment? Sure. And about uh, 50 miles from here she points to a spot in the woods that is on the map, just like blank woods, because it's a detailed map about to about like 15 miles out with little like landmarks and stuff. Beyond that point, it just says the East Wood, and it's a big blank part of the map, right. essentially. And she'll, with a claw tip, drill a hole at a point in the map and say, okay. that is where... You are talking about. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Unless one of you guys is mysteriously good at navigating um, wilderness, I would... Well, they're all good at navigating wilderness. I'm That's talking their job. to you. I'm talking to you, Tirza, and I'm talking to you, Cherish, and I'm talking to you, Grawl. Unless oh, one of you guys... Cherish, <laughs> Cherish rolls unless, her eyes. Unless one of you mysteriously knows how to navigate the woods, which, Tirza, you're from here, so maybe you do. I... I think we should get a guide. And I don't see why we won't, why we, why we wouldn't. Before the Maker's Festival where we all met, I hadn't been out of the village, so no. Okay. And the captain will look at you, Tirza, and say, Village, uh, where precisely are you from around here? Oh, God. Blowing my cover. <laughs> uh, I'm from... I'm from the Utbari. Oh, so you're one of the Jarashir then? Yes. I'm not. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, want to make that clear. I have respect for the Jarashir. Really? Don't they steal children? That is a no. baseless we've... rumor. Yeah. So we've we've definitely gone over this before. If you it's... wish to have a guide, I can arrange for one to bring you to the the granite scar. What you will find there, I don't know. It is not a piece of the wood we generally scout. What Diggory was doing there, well... The boy still needs to work on his orientation, I'll put it that way. Ah. Uh. Uh, how much would uh, hiring a scout cost? Standard fees is 100 gold per day of expedition. Hmm. Um, wow, so, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. lot. Uh, as uh, someone who is clearly an expert in this area, how, how many days would you say a round trip out, out to this area would be? Diggory said it was about a day and a half away. Okay. At a quick pace through the woods, if you know what you're doing out there, it is about a day and a half, yes. For people such as yourselves, it could be considerably longer. Right. Um, Even this close to civilization and the edge of the wood, the east wood can be treacherous. As soon as you get a few miles into the woodlands, it starts becoming a whole different world. And if you're not used to the dangers and ways of the woods it can be a quick way to an early death if you are seeking out the granite scar I highly recommend you bring a guide albeit I am a biased party but Fair enough. we of the guardian guilds seek to protect those of the valley it is our duty But by bringing one of our scouts away from their usual duties, this is why we charge money for adventures such as this. Of course. Uh. Has anyone asked if, if she wants to go with us? Oh, I bet it would cost way more. 
And although technically doing this, doing this job is protecting the people of the valley, so they're almost sworn to do it. But she doesn't. But the I, the thing that Cherish kind of a little. Well, I forgot about it, which unfortunately means that Cherish did too. Um, is that we're really not supposed to be telling anybody about it. I know, this. and we've told so many we've, people. <laughs> we've told one person, two. and he didn't believe us. We've told two people. We've told two people. There were yeah. two guards outside. Oh yeah. well, yeah. there's two well, guards, but then and, also the and and yeah. Degree. Yeah. Well, none of them. Nobody believes us. him anyway. So. Because we didn't really get into it, which so again we're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, as good as my charts are, they're not proof. I turn and look at Grawl. <laughs> I want to approach this. I really don't know. Also, I have a my, the feature of my background uh, means I can make some extra money. So, if we're worried about costs, I mean, we have the money. Yes, we have the money. Yeah, Grawl doesn't, but well, yeah, I mean, maybe I do. <laughs> I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like talking about money, okay? Um, uh, I'm uh, Grawl's going to ask uh, her if, uh, like, enough about the other ones. What about you coming with us? You wish for me to lead you out there? Yes. Then I would have to ask, sending one of my scouts out on some errand is one thing why would you require my assistance hmm. you're asking a captain of the bark watch to desert her post for several days at the very least there must be some reason of import I think I, uh, no. Grawl is going to ask. No, 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 no. Grawl is going to ask if he can talk to her alone for a minute. Just one minute. How do the other, how do the rest of you react to that? Cherish is is a little conflicted because, like, on the one hand, like, oh, I'm sure she has, you know, obviously has more important things to do, but, like, also bringing somebody who's not as experienced as her on this might get them killed and like yikes and i just want to say this isn't like a like hey can i talk to you for a second hey this is like i need to talk to you for a minute and it's like looking around at each and every single one of you and like being like let this happen okay can we is there time for a little huddle, or are you just like... No, it doesn't sound like it. Sidebar. It sounds doesn't like, sound like it. Sounds this, like this, this is, is like a me looking at thing. you saying... Uh, this is me looking at you with my eyes saying, <laughs> you don't leave, I will murder you right here in front of them. As a friend. 
as a friend. That's to us? Yes, I'm not saying that. That is a most, like, extreme seriousness. I need this. I mean, the captain will look at you and raise an eyebrow, but she'll stand and say, all right. I I will stand as well, then. And she'll okay. lead you around the trunk of the tree to the other side. How do the three of you react to this? Terrace puts her hat in her hands. What the fuck was that? Why do we... We don't need her, right? Like, I, we just need a... We just need a guide. I just... What? I'm... This is really important, but, like, right, we can't really, like, divulge any of this, and it no, would be nice definitely. to have someone who's really experienced and really, like, maybe more, like... I don't know, powerful than everybody else. We don't get someone killed. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure it's it's the Bark Watch. Like, I'm sure there's like plenty of capable people in this organization. I trust Grawl. I think he knows what he's doing. And then we cut to. <laughs> See, you Gr- think I'm going to be making a joke. It's not. <laughs> no. Grawl, you follow Captain Lucia as she leads you around the trunk of the tree. And eventually you find out that there is essentially like one longhouse sprouting from each cardinal direction of the tree. You've been in the southern longhouse this whole time, but the central little area sort of surrounds the tree and connects all the longhouses. And she leads you to the opposite side. And you can see the far northern longhouse is actually a firing range where you see Barkwatch members setting up targets and practicing with their bows. And to the twang of bowstrings, she will say, well? I was asked to look after them. I can't guarantee one of your guys is going to come back. And I can't guarantee that they're going to come back either. I need your help to make sure they come back. And why is this so important? Who are they? There are some who call us the Threadless. Fuck. We're cool. I don't know. I don't say the we're cool thing. Um, yeah. Um, the old mage asked us to take care of something very important and I'm not supposed to tell you this but they are more important than me not telling you you can have all the gold I've got it doesn't matter I need you and not scrawny little Derek or what's his name Give me a persuasion roll with advantage. Okay. That is a 19. Okay. She begins to slowly pace around you, and you can feel her keen eyes sort of taking in all the details of you. And she'll say, an albino hobgoblin with a black greatsword. You do match the description that I heard. Threadless, you say. 
nods his head. So I take it the loud-mouthed one is Sid, then. Sidian Emberlight? Is that what he's going by now? <laughs> That's yeah. what the stories say. Mm. And a young Jarashir. And a purple tiefling. Kind of hard to miss. Indeed. I had not precisely put it all together until you said that, but... Um, The old mage herself sent you? He nods again. Then I suppose you have yourself a guide. Keep your gold. You're going to need it. Not the third time. And she strides back towards the table. We're like um, mid-conversation, like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> no, I, I just want... head is still in her hands, like... I just, I just want you to know, this. he's playing it cool. She is walking out in front of him a, a good, like, five, ten feet, and then as we're coming back, you see Grawl with thumbs up, like, <laughs> yes! Got that shit for free! And she'll stride no, towards you. I don't say that. And she'll say, right as she walks up, If I'm going to be leading you into the Eastwood, there are several rules you have to follow. One, always follow my lead. Two, do not eat anything that you do not bring with you into the woods. And three, never follow the lights. Okay. Okay. If you can follow those three rules... I can bring you to your destination. Of course. Um, I'm really sorry. I know you just said this, but could you please list those again? I just... Sid, I, j- I wrote them down. It's okay. Okay, thanks. This is going to be a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> you don't travel with them on the regular. <laughs> Captain introduces herself more properly as Lucia Bellwether. She is a ranger and scout for the Bark Watch. She has been literally doing this for most of her life. She knows the woods around here like the back of her paw. Okay. And... You get a lot of looks from other Bark Watch members as she leads you out of the garrison. Like, everyone is beating to whisper, like, oh, the, the captain's leaving? What's happening? Uh, something's going on. Something has to be going on. What's going on? And Diggory will definitely, like, be looking at the four of you walking away with the captain with just, like, a wide-eyed look on his face. I make eye contact, and I smile really big, and I wave. And, and I that- point to Grawl, and I go, and, then, and I yeah. thumbs up. Right behind Tirza, who is giving the thumbs up, I'm giving him the death glare. <laughs> so he starts to wave and then just shrinks back down. Goddamn right he does. <laughs> so, is there anything else you wish to accomplish in Crescent's Edge before you leave? Uh, I'm going to ask the captain if there's anything she suggests we bring. She says, 
if you have some sort of tents, those would be good. Sleeping rolls, also useful. Bring enough supplies for twice as long as you expect to be gone. Okay. How many? How, how, how much rations did we buy? I don't know. All right then. Um, I thought we bought enough to to get here. Uh, we, we did, yeah. in fact. So we bought we, three yeah. days we, worth. So then we need to restock. Yes. Okay. And Captain Lucia guesses that it is. If you keep up with her, it is about a day and a half to get to the Granite Scar. And then, presumably, it would be a day and a half back. So, by her reckoning, you should bring six days' worth of food. Okay. Cool. Bring ten. And she says, no, because you do not want to be carrying more weight than is necessary. It will only slow us down. I'm a hungry that is 30 silver for everybody. Okay. So that's three gold. She also recommends that you bring your own firewood and kindling, because splitting wood inside the deeper parts of the Eastwood can be very dangerous. Some trees really don't like it. Yeah, Fair. That, that tracks. And the uh, problem is, uh, is you don't know which trees will be the ones trying to kill you until they're trying to kill you. Huh. That suck. Um, okay. I'll, I'll buy some firewood for us. Okay. She also <laughs> recommends that if you have any, like, things on you that smell distinctly, to leave them behind. Like the smell is that cloak, Tirza. Perfumes or any kind of incense. I have incense. Yeah, I was just about to say. I'm gonna leave. I'll leave that. Because distinctive smells can also put you at great danger out in the Eastwood. Because it what means predators whiskey? can track you. Yeah. I don't think I have any of that. What about a flask of whiskey? Yeah, she says probably. yes. That would be dangerous. Okay. Down it like you're at the airport security. Yep, I do that. Oh, God. After the two-hour-long wait. So, having ditched some of your gear and gained new gear... Ooh, quick draw. question. I do have a glass jar with a piece of flesh and a pickling fluid. Yeah, that would smell pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> um. Honestly, I'm surprised none of us have said anything about it. Up same. <laughs> I usually smell pretty bad, but I've bathed recently, so... I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it is in glass. So long as you don't open it, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I never have <laughs> because yeah. why would I? <laughs> yeah, that is something that Calcon gave you as like a good luck charm, at least according to her, it was. Mm -hmm. Some kind of orcish tradition that you didn't quite understand. Yeah, that tracks. Usually, they don't even give it to you in a jar with the pickling fluid, but she kind of figured that it would. Yeah better <laughs> so you all purchase your rations as for standard rationing prices out of the player's handbook See? the firewood costs you five silver 
again, you have enough for twice as long as you'll be gone for. And split between the five of you, it's enough weight that it's noticeable difference in your pack weight, but not enough to really make you encumbered quite yet. Okay. And then, so by the end of the day, you decide to set out, or do you wait until the next day? I would say by the time you have all of these supplies sorted out is probably close to midday. Um, I mean, if Lu- if Lucia is like, yeah, we should get a move on before we lose before because we're losing daylight, then. Yeah, she's more, yeah. especially considering you're only about half day, she'll say, yeah, it would be good to make that first half day up right now. Then we can spend the whole day tomorrow traveling. Yeah, I get the sinking suspicion things are going to get colder. Yeah. So we might as well head out now. Yeah. Okay. Pressing out from Crescent's Edge, it is a quick trek to the edge of the Eastwood. You make it there long before sun sets. When you reach the edge of the wood, it is only really familiar to one of you. Tirza, you've spent time extensively in and around the Eastwood. It's Utbari is right on the edge of the Eastwood itself, sort of Mm -hmm. right up against the lake's edge. But uh, was it Kathbari is the one to the far east? Yes. Is right smack dab in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. So you've spent a good deal of time trekking through these ancient, huge trees. To the rest of you, it's a little bit of... Culture shock, I guess, for lack of a better term. You're coming into a terrain type that none of you have experienced before. Yeah. The thick boughs of the trees here, huge oaks and knotty pines that are green despite the the winter weather. This is an evergreen forest that is old and ancient. You... Stand there at the edge and you feel it's the weight of age radiating from these trees. And Lucia doesn't break stride. She just walks straight in underneath the canopy. And the gray skies above you are quickly obscured by dense foliage that you're walking beneath. There's a rough track that you follow for this first half day. And Lucia says that... If you follow this track, it sort of starts to turn into game trails after about 15 miles. And then beyond that, you sort of have to make your way and cut across country. Mm-hmm. But at least for the first half day until nighttime, you'll be walking along at least a, a solid path. It's not a road by any stretch of the imagination, but it is at least worn so that your feet aren't being turned by loose roots or gravel or anything. Okay. Um, I meant to do this before we left, and I completely spaced, but I'd like to use my dream to predict the weather for the next 24 hours. Oh, okay, yeah. Druidcraft does let you do that, so... Uh, yeah, harmless sensory effect that predicts what the weather will be for the next 24 hours. Uh, you realize, of course, you have to be wearing your cloak to do that. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, well, we're out of the city, so that's fine. Okay, so you throw I'll put the... put him back on. You throw... And Lucia likes the jar share, so... Oh, she at least doesn't not like the jar here. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's essentially the same thing for the jar here. <laughs> so, 
as you throw your cloak back on, you cast this version of Druidcraft, you can see that the color of the cloak changes. Ever so slightly from, like, the, the deep purple, right, that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it starts getting these white lines on it. And you see a harsh blue sun across one shoulder, sort of like moving down across your arm slightly. And you see just like harsh white lines representing cold on your right arm. So it seems to be predicting sun, but very, very cold. Okay. That's cool. Cool. I, f- I figured it would be something along those lines, but I wanted to just make sure we weren't heading into a snowstorm. Neato burrito. That's cool. And as you press on through the day, I need each of you to make endurance. Ooh. So, endurance saving throws. Is that... Constitution. Sorry. Okay. That's Excuse what me. I figured. Oh. Different terminology. My apologies. Ooh. Hey. Great. I, I got Wait, 17. so this is a, a constitution saving throw? Constitution saving throw. That is correct. Ah, excellent. I got a 19. Uh, 18 plus 3 is 21. Nice. Damn. How does 14 shake out? 14. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you heard me, but I got 17. Okay. Yeah. Y'all do just fine. This first day of hiking, you've done enough schlepping along the roads these last couple of weeks that this isn't necessarily a super strenuous hike. Again, you're on a path and it's fairly flat. You're not going up or down hills, really. There's slight gradients in the uh, elevation, but nothing to write home about. And yeah, uh, Captain Lucia actually seems pretty impressed with the way you keep pace with her as you're moving through the woods. Every once in a while, she'll cast a glance backwards and see that you're all very easily keeping pace, and she'll give you a brief nod and keep moving. As the path begins dwindling, and you're moving through these trees, huge trunks, 10, 15, 20 feet wide, off to the sides of the path, choke out smaller vegetation. There isn't a lot of underbrush once you get into this chunk of the woods. There is a Sharp smell in the air of frost. Grawl. As you're hiking and the light begins to dwindle, you hear the slight tinkle of what sounds like ice. Like the shake of icicles on a windy day. Um... I want to do something. I just don't know what I should do. Um, can I, can I, is it coming from a specific direction? It's tough to tell in the woods here. It seems to be coming from all around you and no one else seems to be hearing it. If I, I'm bringing up the rear as mm-hmm. I am, I, as I'm one to do. So I'm not going to say anything as I use Eldritch sight to look around. Okay. Looking around the light is beginning to die, and Captain Lucia is saying something about a clearing up ahead that should be a good place to make camp. You're not really paying attention, though, because as you glance around, you see huge 
moths on the tree branches just in front of you. Large, white, and gray things, their wings barely moving, just slowly going up and down, their antennae shaking slightly, creating that tinkling sound, because you can see the ice forming on their antenna. But they're not okay. doing anything. You just see more of them. I'm gonna do. I'm. I'm just gonna pick up the pace a little bit and walk by everyone and go straight to Lucia. Okay. And she'll take note of you as you approach. There are things on the trees. And she'll look around and say, "Yes, those are birds. I don't know if you have those in the drylands, but." I point up my eyes like. Looking, looking at her, I point at my eyes. She finally, like, focuses on your eyes and then, like, stops abruptly. Yeah. The rest and of I you see this happening. I, mean, I, I don't point at the trees. I do the, the heads up and, like, look around kind of thing. She will look around. and She doesn't see anything. None of you see anything as Grawl makes this motion. Is, see he's got his bug eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Is everything all right? Something out there. There's a bunch of moths covering the trees. They're not covering the trees. You see, like, for every ten branches a tree has, you'll see maybe two moths. So it's a lot, but they're not like yeah. they're not coating the trees. What is a flock of moths called? Oh, I'm looking it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are the real questions. You two at home can participate in this quick race <laughs> to figure out what it is before we do. Um, yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of them, and they're they're big. And you're seeing this with your yes. Okay. You didn't see them before the the. Well, I heard a sound. Okay. There was one in my room this morning. The window was closed, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I guess insects are usually a flight or a swarm. That's mm. okay. Disappointing. I was hoping it was going to be something fun like a soiree or something. I don't know. Ooh! Actually, it might be an eclipse. That's terrifying. Yeah. Mike, as he as he stares <laughs> into the camera for us. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, that's so terrifying. We don't have to Anyways. keep into that. Um, oh my god, Mike! I, the level of just fear right now. I am a very sweaty home listeners. I am a very sweaty boy right now. Uh, okay. okay, not not to kill the kill the mood, but a. But butterflies are called a rabble. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Okay, well, um, I'm gonna fill everyone in on the the presence of one this morning, uh, covering my window with frost from the inside. Okay. What can we keep do, going? Do, do you get? Do the... they? Do they look like they're going to attack us? I mean, they're. Not... Mods. They're just watching. 
and they're not even watching per se. Their eyes aren't pointed in your direction. They're all they're they're resting at odd angles on tree branches. That's the thing okay. about moths, though. You can't tell. They're always watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did I hear the um? I I can't even remember his name. This is so in character. Uh, uh, Dylan. Diggory? Diggory, yes, Diggory. Um, <laughs> did I hear him say that the the ravine was covered in snow and stuff like that? I don't yeah, know. I, I, I don't I, think I you... him into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't have heard that. He admitted it to you. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to remember the order of events in player brain. Yeah. Um, but as far as you can tell, I mean, there's no snow here. Okay. Is there mm-hmm. ice covering the trees at all, or just... No. No. Interesting. Okay. We should be on our guard, then. I don't know what these are. And Lucia okay. will nod and draw out her longbow and, like, ready her quiver of arrows at one of her hips. still think we should go to the clearing. And we can press yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only about another 20 minute walk before you reach the clearing that Lucia spe- spoke of. There is a small sort of dell where the path ends and you can see that it's splitting off into a bunch of little game trails, but it looks as though this is a place where the Bark Watch has made camp many times before. There's even a small lean-to built up against one side of the dell that seems to be lashed together by a bunch of logs that have sort of kind of molded together with moss over time until they're, like, you almost couldn't even tell it was there until Lucia pointed out. It can't house all of you. It's meant for, like, one, maybe two people to sort of crawl into. But there is a ring of stones where clearly campfires have been made in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, we have tents, so yeah, that's not a huge yeah, deal. Okay. Yeah. You did notice that Lucia did not bring a tent. Yeah. I just figured that she was going to stay in one of ours. Uh, she is not going to do that either. Okay. I think she might sleep, sleep in the tree or, or, or just, just curl up by the fire. Cold weather resistance or whatever. <laughs> nope, she has other plans. She has not okay. cast any of her spells today. Mm. Oh. Oh. So cool. Yeah, let's set up camp. Yeah, I got the firewood. I have firebolt, <laughs> so we don't even need a tinderbox. Okay, I do also have a tinderbox. I do too. Okay. Uh, so you begin setting up camp. Do you light a fire? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Lucia begins setting up her own little uh, campsite, essentially, over in the little lean-to. Um, she blocks off one entrance with a rolled-up skin she had, and um, then begins pulling out her own food and making use of your campfire. What is our watch order this evening? Uh, should we just do the normal watch order, or? Hmm. Uh, yeah, probably. Okay, I'll go first. 
And of course, Lucia will share the watch order, so it makes your each of your watches a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, she offers to take last watch, if you will like, or she can be in the middle. Um, doesn't super matter. She should go in the middle, though. Okay. So watch order, just to refresher. We have Sid going first, then Cherish, then Tirza, then Grawl. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in this particular instance, it will be Sid, then Cherish, then Captain Lucia, then Tirza, then Grawl. Okay. Sounds good. So, Sid. Yes? Give me a perception check for your watch. Also, Grawl, if you yes. check again, there are no more moths around you. And that the sound of tinkling ice has vanished. Uh, I don't like that at all. I got 16. Okay. The night is dark and cold. It feels weird to be camping and not to be able to see the stars. There's the odd creak and moan of the woods moving in the wind that sort of sets you on edge. They're not sounds you are ever have ever heard in your life, really. No. You're used to the sounds of buildings settling or... Wind sweeping people. across the plane at this point. Yeah, and people. People, yeah. But it's just quiet out here. Occasionally, you'll jump at the sound of the flutter of wings as some owl moves through the woods. At a certain point in the night, you definitely hear something moving out in the shadows, but it's far away. Mm. But other than that, your watch passes uneventfully. That's terrifying. Sucks. Pass it over to Cherish. Yeah. All right. Mm, 16. 16. So. Mm. Oh, no. Um. Much of the same. These are all sounds you're not used to hearing. The creak of the woodlands around you. The the moan of trees as they shift in the wind. Something does strike you as odd, though. About midway through your watch, you'll hear a little, like, sound. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all. And looking off at the edge of the dell... Just outside the ring of your firelight, you'll see a a carapist form begin to crawl up over a log, a long, sinuous leg, just... Gross. One leg, two legs, three, four, five, six. Oh, God, no! Mm. But then, it's only six. Oh, well, that's fine then. And the black and red carapace is very familiar. I kind of squint. I kind of squint, and I'm like, the lesser, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) And the horrible spidery mandibles will, like, clatter together in front of its six-eyed face and say, Eh, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) You know that I hate the form you take where it looks like a spider right up until it's not. I did not know that, no. Oh. 
pretty sure last time I made a face until I figured out that it was... Anyway. <laughs> and then you let me crawl on you. Yeah, because you were just a bug. I liked the rat better, though. Oh. And then it'll transform into a rat. Anyway, actually... And I've scurry some... into the firelight and sort of just, like, prop up on a little rock next to the fire. Just, like, a little ratty elbow. Tail. Freaking... Freaking devil ratatouille over here. He's got this black fur with red highlights going down the, his back. Six-legged rat will just, like... So, how's it going? Actually, I have a bone to pick with you. Ooh, really? I love those. I'm just kidding. I know you don't got any okay. bones. Yeah, no. That, I'm not the gnome. Um... Who were you there for at the challenge? The when we were in the forest, you said you were there to look for the child, but there were two tieflings. Really? Oh, that's good to know. Well, yeah, like you were on my shoulder like the whole time you saw the other one. I did. I don't know how you wouldn't have. Hold on, hold on, back up. So I'm purple. He's red. Or, he's no, he's charcoal. Black. He's charcoal. Onyx, even. I didn't see any of the tieflings. I guess his horns are really small. So it was me. I only assume, now that you tell me there was another tiefling, now I don't know. <laughs> I've been working on the certain assumptions here for a little while. Do you know anything about and Abishai, and some other unsavory folks coming to this plane. Uh, does he? Uh, sorry, kid, can't help you. I don't know nothing about no Abishais. Nasty. But you know what that is? Oh, yeah, nasty bunch. I try not to deal with them. Though, there are a couple layers above me. You know, the lesser. Yeah. Um, I did come into contact with one yesterday. Hey, and you're alive! I mean, you're alive, right? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, it, it was kind of touch and go there for a minute. Oh, way to go, kid! It was more to do with my friends than anything I did. It's good to have meat slaves around, yep. <laughs> Ask Grawl. <laughs> um, I was trying to we say don't, we don't know that you love us that much. We don't know that you love us that much. I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> Our means to an end. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm really talking around. I'm kind of beating around the bush here, but. I think I was related to the Abishai. I Oof. didn't get its name. Uh, but it seems to imply that we have the same father. Well, uh... That, I mean, makes a certain amount of sense, I guess. Would you care to elaborate? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm not really sure what I expected there. Um... Please? Oh, okay. 
Because you said please. <laughs> this is like talking to Maz. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Maz? My. Your hand? No, um, no, I know, I cherish would know what these are called. And uh, mine are called Mr. Fisty and Captain Strongbow. <laughs> you have, those are good. Those are good names. You, <laughs> does he no. only have two? Doesn't he have four? Right. Yeah, what are the other names? Oh, those aren't oh. fists. Those are just legs. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. Um, no, uh, God, I'm like, I totally, what are the, what are freaking items called? Uh, Forge Bound. And he says, what's that? Um, I mean, everybody in the valley has them. They're just magic items that everyone basically attunes to at some point. And really? They can, like, some of them can talk out loud. Some of them just sort of telepathically communicate with, with you. That's... I feel like you're tricking me into talking about things that I shouldn't be talking about. I'm just listening. <laughs> you know, uh, look... Even if you told me whatever the 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 talky thingamajigs, I mean, look at me. I'm just the lesser. Who could I tell? I think you're selling yourself a little short, and you're kind of saying that like in a way that I don't believe you. <laughs> oh, kid, would I lie to you? Has he lied to me before? You Do don't I know. know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can honestly say the lesser, but I don't. I really, honestly, don't know if you would lie to me or not. Well, trust me, I wouldn't. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't trust you. That's a good start. Anyway, what are you doing here? I probably should have started with that. Oh, same as last time. You're getting close, so I got sent out to watch. The Wait, boss man's around mean? somewhere, but, uh, you know, I'm a little bit what more is... mobile than him. What does that mean, I'm getting close? Well, you're, just, you're, you're closer than you usually are. I don't know. We you, you passed through the membrane a little while ago, and we got the word, me and the boss, and we got sent out here to make sure you're doing all right. Where exactly did you come through? Well, I don't know. It was it was a place over that way. Is that like not the direction? Well, I guess I don't know the direction that we're going. Yeah, maybe. And he just thumbs a little rat paw like back behind him. Okay. I mean, I'll make note of that and see if that's where uh, Lucy is going to take us in the morning. All I know is, me and the boss, we got sent here just to check up on you, see how you're doing. Who's your boss? Oh, you didn't meet him last time, did you? I mean, I saw him. Briefly. Ah. Early. Well, that's... I mean... I'm not really supposed to say his name out loud, you know, that the whole, like, conjuring a devil by his name thing, that's like a big no-no. Hmm. Because, you know, the lesser. Right. Does he have a, a title that wouldn't exactly... Is there any loophole that you know of look kid i know plenty of loopholes don't get me wrong but uh this one mm, ain't a lot of loops to hole if you know what i mean hmm. what layer did you come from i'd rather not say 
if I say one, will you tell me if I'm right? <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> Sid, Tirza, Grawl, I need you to give me perception checks yeah. at disadvantage. <laughs> oh my god. Come on, baby. Okay, come on. Again, again, again. again. Oh, fuck. Not bad. No. You got it. Is it a disadvantage? At disadvantage, yes. What about that advantage? What did you roll? I, I got a five. Cool. <laughs> uh, I got a 19. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got an 18. So Sid, Tirza. Sorry, scratch that. No, I got I got a I got a nine. I didn't Oh yeah, no, girl snoring. Um <laughs> Sid and Tirza, you are groggily like coming out of sleep. Sid, you didn't even really find much rest. Um and as you hear this familiar kind of squeaky voice and cherish having a conversation. I think I pretend to sleep and I listen. Okay. Um, yeah, same. Because I don't think Tirza knows what's going on. Okay. So yeah, the lesser says, eh, I'd rather not say. <sighs> well. Alright, I, well, I don't really have anything else then. So I'm just going to get back to my watch. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, just curious. Uh, what what brought you all out here? I know last time it was like a big hullabaloo with some kind of weird trial thingy. Mm, I'd rather not say. <laughs> the kid's learning. The kid's learning. And I kind of poke him on his little rat belly. <laughs> <laughs> Like some sort of evil Pillsbury Doughboy. We <laughs> uh, play a weird game. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to need a loop of that laugh um, just on repeat. <laughs> it's so good. I leave that to our listeners to pull out of the episode. <laughs> and the lesser... Mike will. Gergoni soundboard, everyone. Get it done. Oh, Get it done. I, if only. The lesser will <laughs> give you a little ratty thumbs up and say, you're learning, you're learning, kid. I can appreciate that. But, uh, look, we'll be around if you're going to be sticking around this part of the, uh, well, wherever it is we are. I mean, it's uh, a forest. Uh, sure, I got that. Thanks. I'm not blind. I'm a rat. But I don't know where the freak we are. But anyway, if you're gonna be sticking around this this uh, little bubble you're in, well, you just uh, you keep an eye out for old the lesser, okay? I'll be watching you back. Thanks. I mean, I won't do anything, but I'll be watching. Right. That's yeah. I kind of figured your guys are sort of on a reconnaissance only thing. Yeah, you know how it is. Orders. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? Oh. Anyway, if you uh if you find the boss, just uh you know, be polite. Of course. He's big on polite. Yeah. He's also just big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh. I'll leave you to it. 
Thanks, bud. And he'll I don't know why I said that. And he'll Bye. just <laughs> vanish. Tirza is immediately up and is like, Cherish, what what was that about? Was that the lesser? <laughs> and yeah. a voice right where the lesser was was like, yeah, it was the lesser. <laughs> oh! oh, no. <laughs> he's just still here and he's just invisible okay that's great um uh yeah it uh did i tell them about well i mean they he they were there for that conversation in the forest like you're closer than you usually are so we're here to watch Mm -hmm. um so it kind of like it's it's that same thing again so we must be getting close. He said he came, they came in from over that way. So we'll see if that's where Lucy is taking us in the, in the morning, but this, we're definitely on the right track. Hmm. You don't, you don't think that he and whoever his boss is, has anything to do with the realm scars. Do you? I honestly don't know, Tirza. I hope not, because, like, I caught a glimpse of the big guy at the end of the the fire trial, and, like, ooh, yikes. Don't want to fight that. Mm. I mean, we're not even here to close the realm, Scartierza. We can't do that. I don't know how. I just... You're very... You're very trusting of him, and I don't necessarily think that's a good idea, since he's uh, literally possibly a demon, and I know we just had this conversation about you also maybe sort of being a demon. I, I'm... Um, Tirza, I, it, it's kind of, it's probably not important, but um, it's, it's devil, not demon. It's a whole oh. different thing, and it's sort of offensive, but like it not in like an important way oh um, i'm i'm really sorry i didn't no and it's totally fine it's a totally common mix up but it's yeah it's it's what I, like the oh god there's this whole thing called the blood war and like i'm not going to get into it but <laughs> devils then yeah but yes um tears uh, somehow I, that doesn't sound better yeah it really doesn't worse. <laughs> um, and I assume you were listening. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't, you know, be out here. Uh, but I only caught the end of it. If the lesser is still here right now, uh, mostly a means to an end. Hmm. I suppose I can understand that, though. I don't... Though I don't really understand. Sometimes we have to keep our friends close and our enemies closer. Sid, you're still acting as though you're asleep? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I see no reason to say anything. Okay. How good is my sleep right now? Grawl. Oh, crap. 
<laughs> You're about to find out. No. <laughs> the moths are coming. The what did you call the? What was the, the eclipse of moths are coming? An eclipse of moths. Jeez. Your sleep is undisturbed by the dalliances of devils. It is undisturbed by the worries of a young paladin. They are not even disturbed by the bitter cold that grips you even while you rest inside of a tent. What it is disturbed by is the feeling of flagstones beneath your feet. God damn it. And the sense of shelves just beyond what you can feel. But there is a supreme difference to every other time you've experienced the sensation. Because there is a brief glimmer of light giving the barest hint of an outline to your surroundings. Where the light is coming from, you're not sure. But it is giving the vaguest outline to the darkness around you. Thick stone slabs lay upon the floor. And shelves are around you. Shelves so tall that you cannot see where they end above you. Shelves so densely packed with books and tomes and scrolls that now the ever-present smell of dusty parchment makes all the sense in the world. And down one long, seemingly infinite corridor is a hunched figure in a brown, tattered, what looks like a cloak, resting about their hunched shoulders. They'll turn slowly, and you'll see two huge, luminous green eyes staring at you from down this long hallway. And with a clicking voice, it will say, The moths will show you where the borders of things are, Graal. Makes sense. <laughs> but no, that's that's Reed saying that. Um Watch for them to see where things start and where they begin. I don't know how Grawl responds to this. And this figure looks to be maybe a hundred feet away, but their voice is right next to your ear. What happens if I keep walking, if I walk towards them? Is there a visible, like, difference in distance change, or does it... Do you take a step towards light? them? Yes. They're suddenly right in front of your face. Okay! And it's just this <laughs> deep, horrible, cowled... You can see the hint of little hairs or phylli kind of jutting out from the darkness that suggests the shape of a bulbous face. 
and the huge green eyes, unblinking, stare directly at you. And the clicking becomes more pronounced as it speaks right in front of you. Bring me knowledge, and you will have power. Um, and then the light yeah. fades the green eyes disappear and you're left in darkness the feeling of stone beneath your feet the feeling of shelves just beyond what you can feel and the smell of parchment ever present around you or can't I just have like a dream of like a really nice date with like I don't know a particular captain of <laughs> I don't know. I'm the log he pulled from the river. Um, Ooh, no kink shaving, yeah. but. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. I've got me hook in your heart. <laughs> Gonna make some Captain Guru Valentines. <laughs> if that's the only art that ever gets made. Cherish, the rest of your watch passes uneventfully. Eventually you wake up, Captain Lucia. Tears, do you attempt to get more sleep this evening? Yeah. Okay. But it probably doesn't work very well. Then give me a perception check as you take your watch. Uh, uh, nine? Nothing happens. It is very quiet in the woods. The wind dies in the early hours of the morning. The cold is impossibly harsh on your skin. It's that kind of cold that almost resembles a burn as your exposed flesh is open to the sky and the air. You huddle close to the embers of the fire adding more wood, but every time you add fuel to the fire, it seems to gutter and sink as the cold becomes more intense. Uh, I actually think at uh, one point I can light or put out a small flame using druidcraft, and I think Tears is just doing that to like keep the fire going as much as possible, but it's probably not doing a ton. What it's doing is increasing the rate at which you're consuming your firewood. Oh! I don't know that she knows that. Sorry, guys. And eventually you wake Grawl up. And Grawl, you wake up to this just harsh, horrid cold in the very earliest of hours. It is still very much dark here. Whether or not the sun will even really break in in the forest as it would elsewhere in the valley, the dawn might be a long, long way off. But eventually you will rouse the others. Give me a perception check during your watch, though. Uh... Fourteen. Just before you move to wake up the others, you feel something strange on your skin. Looking down, you felt like a sharp little pinprick of cold. 
and you're not quite sure what it was. And you feel it again and again. Looking around at your hands, you glance up as this strange white crystals are falling through the canopy and landing on you one at a time. It is not something Grawl has ever experienced as you feel snow beginning to drift down and touch upon you. Um, this is terrifying. <laughs> this is a nightmare hellscape. Um, the likes of which I've never seen. Um, also, my headset keeps shutting up. As you are all... Um, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I think Grawl is going to, like... Is anyone else awake for me to... Everyone else is slowly waking up and finding the snow beginning to drift down through the branches of the forest. As you wake up, you can see that a full quarter of the wood you brought with you has been used to keep the fire going over the course of the night. No one person communicated with each other to really talk about just how much wood they were using to keep the fire lit, but it was substantial. And now looking down, you can tell that like the fire was being consumed unnaturally fast. Hmm. And the snow falling down around you is unnatural for this time of year. And didn't, like, did Tirza tell us that, like, oh yeah, clear skies for next day? Yeah, I super did. Yep. And it was going to be very cold, but that the sun was going to be out. Interesting. This is your fault. No, that's Grawl. That's a joke, that's not Grawl. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Lucia will rub some of the snow between her pod fingers, staring around as it's beginning to accumulate on the ground around you. And she says, this is not right. It's kind of like what, uh, God, I can't, I can't remember his name either. What was it? What was his it's name? Dilbert. Diggory. Dilbert was his name. I remember perfectly. This is exact, isn't this kind of like what he was saying? Like yes. natural winter? Okay. This is what winter is? This is winter? It's yeah. Terrible. I mean, you know, it's not great. Cherish, I don't even know if you've necessarily seen snow. Yeah, there's. she's definitely flip-flopping between this is bad and... Ooh. Actually, no, because you've spent whole years either up at the tower or in Stormhaven, and Stormhaven definitely gets snow. Oh, that's fair. So I guess you both would have seen snow. It's just very uncommon yeah. for the two of you. Yeah. Well, never mind. It's still pretty. I don't like it. It's not chorus. So Captain Lucia will stand up and look at the four of you and say, This is very concerning. Do you wish to continue? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I can't speak for uh, sorry I can't speak for everybody but I would w- I wish to continue. Nods. Of course, this probably means we're headed in the right direction. Let's see. Believe it or not, it's not the weirdest thing we've run into so far. So. That's true. <laughs> She'll give that a concerned look. 
<laughs> and then I think it was the hooting. That was the weirdest thing. <laughs> that might be the weirdest. Yeah. And then she'll help break camp, and then strike off in a northeasterly direction. And now that you see which way you go, you can tell it is the opposite way that the lesser indicated. Mm-hmm. Which way did the lesser indicate? Kind of in a southeasterly direction. Southeasterly direction. Is that the way we entered? No, you entered from the southwestish, more in a westerly direction. Okay. okay. Got yeah. As you press on into the day, the snow becomes thicker and thicker before you quickly find yourselves tramping through the crunch of ice crystals on the ground that is formed in the dirt. You're now on a game trail of sorts, but that breaks down every once in a while to just trekking through underbrush. The trees here become less old wood and more new growth. It seems as though maybe a long time ago a fire swept through here, but it is... Long enough now that the trees are still big, but not as big as some of the other parts of the woods you've been trekking through. Yeah. But there are signs every once in a while. You'll see, like, a blackened stone where the fire just, like, scorched it or warped it. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, good. And eventually, as you move through the day, you come out onto a ridge a sheer drop-off to your left where a craggy rock escarpment levels off. You're not at the ravine yet, but you are... Captain Lucia says, if you move along this ridge for another few hours, we should reach it before nightfall. And has the snow gotten any worse or better the further we've... As you come out onto the ridge, you finally see the sky for the first time in a while. And the snow is markedly worse. Mm. Between that and the wind, it is terribly cold. Tirza, you're the only one with experience with this kind of fierce snowstorm, having spent time up in the high mountains. And in the south. Right. Oh, yes, exactly. Sorry. (laughs) So this is wildly unusual for this area. And it's as you're moving along this ridge, and occasionally you'll catch a glance down the ridge, and about 100 feet down, you see that the forest continues. I need everyone to make perception checks. Okay, up. Not good, Reed. Not good. 13. Three. Four. 15? Sid, as you're moving, yeah, Captain Lucy, I got a 24. Um, okay, that's good. Oh, okay. and, at least uh, that's so why I brought her. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, so good at her job. Well, she also rolled an 18. Um, but Captain Lucy will stop along the ridge, and your eyes will be caught by movement down in the woods at the bottom of the ridge. You'll see the flash of moving figures through the tree line. Lucia will turn and look to you and say, do you see those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are they? And as she points them out to all of you, you can all sort of track the movement as their three swift figures move through the trees. 
they break the tree line about 100 feet down and 200 feet away from you towards the direction you're moving, but down on the bottom of the ridge. You see three huge white wolves break the tree line. One of them, standing just in front of its compatriots, will seemingly stare up at your small group. And when it lifts its head to look at you, you can see the huge burn scar on the front of its white chest. The three-toed claw burned into its fur. Bad news. That's no good. And it I mean, will, to be fair, it's what we're looking for. Yeah. It will let out a long and terrible howl. And then the three wolves will flash back into the cover of the woods. And I think it is there that we will leave it for now. And when we return, perhaps there will be some cultist wolves waiting for you in the oh, deep, God. dark wool forest. Oh, no! Okay. That's gonna be great. We're, all, it, it, <laughs> we're gonna sit down, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk I'm about this. We're gonna yeah. appeal to their, their sense of self-worth, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to appeal to our sense of self-worth, you can find us on Twitter, <laughs> at <laughs> MattComRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M RPG. And of course, we also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners and let us know that we're not howling into the woods like some kind of weird cultist warp wolf. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have anything they'd like to plug? Yeah, come hang out with me on Twitter. I'm at cryoutolivia. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, yes, do it. <laughs> or else. <laughs> or else. We know who you, we know who you are. <laughs> I'll find you. Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Readimus. I'm not going to spell it this time because I'm lazy, but this entire sentence now has taken up the same amount of time. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, um, follow me there. Um, and also... I have a hair in my mouth now. That's fun. Uh, if you ever want to like review us, you should do that. Um, it's the best way for us to like get the word out and make sure that like you're getting the best stuff from us all the time. And so more people can find us. Speaking of a shout out to our first iTunes reviewer, Sam1501. Thank you for doing that. We really appreciate it. Everybody. So Follow Sam's lead. He's the coolest cat in town. Or, or they. they. Or they. they. They're the coolest cat. Or she. Yeah. I don't Yeah, we just don't yeah, even who know. Who knows? They're so mysterious. Either way, they're awesome. Thank you yes. so much. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for that. That's so great. Thank you for thinking we're funny. <laughs> the next 12 NPCs we, we meet will all be named Sam. All, be named Sam. <laughs> all of the wolves are named Sam. I, I, I only promise to try <laughs> <laughs> and as right. always you can of course follow me on twitter at mk gorgoni if you so wish to and if you want to follow omatep even though he did not technically appear in this episode you can do so at npc underscore an because of course he is an important npc thank you so much for listening 
As always, the world is chaos. Be kind to one another. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.